Welcome to the official Cryptids Anomalies and the Paranormal Society's podcast. I'm your host, Barnaby, and you're listening to Whispers from the Dark. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Whispers from the Dark. I am your host, Barnaby, and on this week's episode, my co-host is Derek. How you doing, Derek? I'm doing fine. I'm wide awake and alert. Good, good. It is uh, it is pretty late at night right now when we're recording this. Not for me. I mean, I'm up till like three in the morning anyway. So, but um, yeah. So, so it's good that you're awake tonight, Derek. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got we got a big. You got what? I don't want to fall asleep through this. Yeah, that's right, man. You gotta stay awake. We got we have an exciting guest with us tonight. Um, this weekend coming up on Saturday. We have an event that you and me and Ma are going to be at. You excited, Derek? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So we have with us on today's episode the host of that event. He is a researcher. He is the host of the event. He is a writer and a tour guide and all kinds of stuff. Uh, I would like to introduce to you Jack Chavez. How are you doing, Jack? Hi, everyone. I'm pretty good. How about yourself? Good, good. I'm good. Derek? Yeah. Oh. I'm still here. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to answer. <laughs> Sorry. I'm zoning out here. How are you, Derek? I'm doing all right, Jack. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> Derek is not always with it. You know, you gotta, you gotta poke have, him a little. Hey, I got a haircut. I can't help with my hair. My hair's cut. My haircut. I had a haircut. My brain was malfunctioning. I noticed that uh, we we recorded a podcast last night, Derek, and your hair was like down to your neck, and I was like, "Oh man, your hair is so long!" And now you come on today, and and there's no hair left up there. I look like a freaking jarhead from the Marines. Yeah, you do. There you go. All right. <laughs> well, back to you, Jack. Jack. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Don't mind, Derek. <laughs> um, after he said he was wide awake. Yeah, and then he zones yep. out, yeah. <laughs> That's typical. Um, you have a uh, big event coming up this weekend on Saturday, March 6th in Chicago. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, so this is going to be a uh, paranormal conference, and this is the uh, the first one that you're doing. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been doing a lot of events um, in terms of, like, ghost investigations and... Um, tours and uh ghost pub crawls but this will be the first big uh conference that i'm doing cool so uh why don't you tell everybody when and where they can go to check this out yeah so it'll be um it's called the chicago paranormal conference it'll be in summit illinois on 63rd and archer and it'll be uh march 6th from noon till 6 p.m okay and uh, where's it at? Uh, in Summit, Summit, Illinois. No, no, no. Where, where's it? What's what's uh, what building is it located in? Oh, I'm sorry. It's uh, <laughs> uh, it's a banquet hall. It's called uh, Piscaton uh, Banquets. Yeah. So that's pretty cool because uh, that place is haunted, is it not? Yeah. So I asked the owner if there was any uh, any hauntings there. And uh, at first, he didn't want to uh, tell me about it. So eventually, he, he did. And he said that um, 
there's a bunch of glass panels in the top floor and one of them um, bursted and it went the glass went across the uh, hall and and there's no explanation for it uh, the other ones were fine and uh, not this one though so hmm. was that the only thing he and admitted it, to happening there there was this one other incident where he said that um, the uh, the power kept going off in uh, just one of the rooms, and then when he checked everything, um, you know, it seemed fine, and then it just went off again. Interesting. So, so possible paranormal uh, activity at the conference uh, location itself, huh? Yeah. That, that's pretty cool. So this is from, uh, oh, I'm sorry, this is Sunday. I, I think I said it was Saturday at first. Uh, this is Sunday, March 6th, uh, right. from noon to 6. I, I think I misspoke there. Uh, so you have, uh, wh- what do we got going on there? We have, it's free, free admission, right? Yeah, free admission, and uh, there's going to be uh, 40 vendors, a couple presenters, and uh, a live podcast at 3 o'clock. Well, 40 vendors. You you have 40 vendors signed up to be there already? Yep, I do. That's awesome. That's that's a big event. Yeah. I mean, we've we've gone all over the country to like CryptidCon and and uh, all these other huge events and stuff. 40 vendors is quite a bit and uh, you got like says we got gemstones, occult items, oddities, weirdness, all kinds of stuff here. You have yeah. a raffle? That's well, we're cool. There's go- yeah, there's going to be a raffle. Um, I'll raffle off a couple paranormal books. Um, cool. Autographed? And no, no, oh, darn, no, <laughs> no, th- uh, not 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 any of mine. Just um, of paranormal books in general. Yeah. Cool. Well, if nobody else wants to sign them, I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, nobody else is autographed and somebody's got us, so. There you go, right? <laughs> All right. Well, speaking but, of, uh, go ahead. What do you got? No, it, um, yeah, it should it should be a good time, though, you know. Um, uh, there's a lot of people that have expressed interest in going. Um, a lot of the vendors are excited about it. A lot of the vendors have been, you know, telling me that they're excited that this is going to take place. Um you know, there, there's not currently a paranormal convention in uh, the Chicago or Chicagoland area. Um, and Summit, Illinois, for those that are not familiar with it, is literally right outside Chicago. It's um, it's a town, it's one town over. So, I mean, it, you're right there. And what's interesting about this venue is it's actually down the road from Resurrection Cemetery. And uh, if, if the audience isn't familiar with that, um, Resurrection Mary is a one of the most famous ghosts in Chicagoland. Um, it's a, she's a hitchhiking ghost. And she, you know, um, men will say that they uh, pick her up. Um, she gets into the back of the car and she will tell them to take her to Resurrection Cemetery, um, and she will get off at the cemetery, and she disappears at the gates. You know, so, um, so yeah, it is down the road from that cemetery. Um, famous sightings, famous cemetery, 
Uh, and that cemetery is, is haunted as well, not just by Resurrection Mary, but uh, by other phantoms. Um, allegedly, the mausoleum that's uh, located within the cemetery is also haunted. I was actually just there the, uh, the other day, too, just taking pictures. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's a really good uh, good location. Cool. That's definitely interesting. I mean, they can come and they can see the cemetery and they can come and uh, come to the conference and stuff. I mean, you got, uh, what is it, yeah. um, till 6 o'clock, so you still got plenty of daylight and stuff afterwards and that to uh, to head over there and check it out or, you know, wander around at night or whatever you want to do, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and across the street from the cemetery, like literally directly across the street, is a bar called Chet's Melody Lounge. It's a haunted bar as well. Um, the owner, a great guy, his name is Rich. Um, he's, you know, he's told us a couple of stories. Um, some of the bartenders have a couple of stories of, about it. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a really cool bar to visit. Um, nice people, and and you got some ghosts with your beer, so you can't go wrong, right? <laughs> definitely, so. definitely. Sounds like you make a whole day out of the event. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Now, uh, besides uh, myself, who will be speaking at your convention, uh, yeah. you will be speaking at the convention as well. And uh, what are you going to be talking yep. about? So I'm going to be talking about, um, well, why don't I tell you about some of the uh, other speakers <laughs> and the reason... The, the reason why, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. The reason why is because what I'm going to be talking about kind of gets into this long this long narrative of research that I'm doing. Right so. on. We'll, we'll come back to that then. All right. So uh, okay. <laughs> I I will be speaking, and uh, uh, yeah. you asked me to speak on uh, uh, Bigfoot, right? Yes. Yep. So yeah. I'll, be, I'll be giving a presentation on Bigfoot there. And uh, we got um, Tony. Tony will be speaking. Yeah, Tony, Tony Zabelski is a, uh, he's a tour guide in Chicago. And he does ghost tours. Um, Tony has been uh, rated uh, number one tour guide in the city. Now you might ask who rated him. Other other people that have taken the uh, the tour. Other so tour guides. It's, yeah, yeah it, it's not on any kind of like a award or magazine or anything like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's great. He um, I've known Tony for a couple of years. Uh, We've done a couple uh, ghost investigations together, and um, yeah, he's going to be talking about uh, Chicagoland ghosts. Cool. And, and he um, he is uh, from the American Ghost Walk tours, right? Yeah. So um, uh, Tony was originally working for Chicago Hauntings Tour Company, and that company was bought by American Ghost Walks. So the name Chicago, um, Chicago Hauntings is, is still there. I think it's like, I don't know what you call it, but it's like underneath American Ghost Walks. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, it, it's one of those. I don't know the legal terminology. Subsidiary. It's like a, <laughs> subsidiary, thank you. Yes, yep. that's it. Yeah, I know you were a lawyer too. <laughs> oh, I, I, have, I wear a lot of hats. I wear a lot of hats. Oh, there you go. Yeah, me and uh, Derek, when we came down and uh, you, well, let's let's back up real quick here. We uh, we came yeah. down and uh, interviewed you for our uh, most recent episode of Caps for the yeah. the Chicago Mothman stuff, and uh, right. after we interviewed you, uh, you came on the tour with us with Tony, 
And uh, we yeah. did one of the Chicago Ghost Walk tours, and it was very informative, very uh, interesting, and uh, we really got to work out walking around downtown Chicago and Lincoln Park <laughs> and stuff. So definitely yeah, from... It was very well informative, too. I liked it. Yeah. Definitely from our, our perspective of uh, getting to come on the tour and stuff, uh, Tony Tony is definitely worth listening to and has a lot to say. So we, we rate him uh, five stars as well. So yeah, I, I, he was very knowledgeable. It was very knowledgeable about everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's definitely very knowledgeable. Um, honestly, I've, I've, I've totally forgot that you met him. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'm, we both I'm have. Over, yeah. I'm over here talking. Of, I'm over here talking about him like you did. You and. Oh, no, that's fine, because like all of our listeners, I mean, not everyone had the the privilege of taking the tour, and maybe some of them have, we don't know, but uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. so I I mean, I guess I am a little biased, but I do think that he's he's one of the great um, tour guides that we have in the city. Um, The other um, presenter that I have is um, Sam Morato. Are you familiar with Sam Morato? I was just going to say, unfortunately, he is one that I have not met. Uh, I, I spoke at a conference with him, but I didn't get the chance to uh, go see his presentation, and I, I wouldn't know him if he had walked past my booth, so I, I don't know Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, Sam is um, he's the Illinois State Director of MUFON, which is Mutual UFO Network. Um, it's the uh, largest UFO organization in the country, I, I think the world, actually. But just to be on the safe side, I'll say country, because uh, that I do know for sure. So yeah, Sam has been in the game for decades, literally decades. Um, he's uh, he's an expert on UFOs. Um, he's been on the History Channel. Um, he's been uh, he's been on a couple other um, TV appearances. Um, but yeah, Sam and I we met we actually met in twenty. 17 april 2017 when i was really hardcore investigating the uh, mothman or the alleged mothman sightings in chicago mm-hmm. and uh that's what you interviewed me for mm-hmm. and so sam and i you know we talked on the phone the very first time and we pretty much hit it off um i i really respected his his um knowledge and you know, he actually told me that, you know, he's like, he goes, you know, you really know your stuff. And, you know, just him and I really hit it off. And uh, we kind of been colleagues ever since. And and so, yeah, he's going to be a speaker there. He's going to talk about uh, Chicagoland UFO sightings. Um, and after Sam, I have uh, Dan, Dan Guzman. Well, actually, you're going to be after Sam, but after you <laughs> is is Dan Guzman. Uh, Dan is an interesting guy. He comes from the back of the yards neighborhood in, in Chicago. Okay. And he grew he grew up in, that, that's actually the name of the neighborhood, back of the yards, by the way. Um, a lot of people don't, don't, like when I say that, they don't realize that that's the name of a neighborhood, but it is. Um, so he is an impact. So he is able to, detect impressions in the environments um, of other energy, not just human energy, whether it's ghosts or uh, some sort of uh, non-human spirit, um, he's able to detect that. And so 
I met Dan a couple of years ago when he was actually doing a presentation in a uh, coffee shop. And uh, yeah, uh, once again, him and I, we hit it off. And uh, he's going to be talking about his personal experiences with his uh, empathic or psychic ability uh, in Chicago. And gonna tell you some of his stories. Uh, he's also written three books. Um, they're three short self-published books um, that kind of details his experiences, but in a kind of fictional, non-fictional way. Um, so yeah, he'll, he'll be there. And then after Dan, um, I'll be talking. And I want to talk about um, this phenomenon called uh, the rake or called crawlers. Now, people are familiar with the rake from um, a creepypasta. Are you familiar with what creepypastas are? Yeah, for the audience that doesn't know what it is, a creepypasta is a internet-created uh, horror fiction. And uh, the, the rake is this fictional character that was created online. And basically, it's a creature that's uh, six to seven feet tall, um, emaciated, um, pale, with elongated arms. Um, but the thing is that people have actually been seeing this, um, you know, all over all over the country, even prior to the creation of the internet rake. And there's a you know this community of people that that look for uh, look for sightings and tries to put a profile together. And so they th this community has called it crawlers. So that's why it's, you know, rake slash crawlers kind of depends on who you're asking. They'll call it, you know, something different. So um, I'm actually writing a book on the sightings. I've uh, managed to interview um, seven people or no, seven eight people i would have to look at my notes again to be honest but you know between seven and nine i i, I don't know but yeah i've interviewed a couple people um and i'm still in the process of interviewing more people on their sightings uh, most of the sightings interestingly take place in the midwest um some in the south south um i don't think i've interviewed anybody yet in like the eastern states uh, but yeah, most of the sightings are concentrated in the Midwest, in rural areas. Um, a lot of times the crawlers will be sighted in uh, cemeteries or by, uh, by forests, uh, like I said, rural areas. So, uh, yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> so. Okay, I got a question for you. Um, I actually uh, talked to a uh, a native person, uh, Native American, and they had brought up an interesting, uh, like their folklore kind of stuff about the rake and that. Um, and I was wondering if you you'd heard this yourself that the rake and the windigo are the same creature. Because you're you're okay, talking so, about you're talking about like the emaciated humanoid figure and stuff, and that's that's kind of if you look into the Native American lore and that that's that's what a a Wendigo actually is, not the horned creature that a lot of people think. 
Yeah, so that, and I'm going to talk about that in the book too. There's going to be section a section on that. It, there, there's kind of dispute with that because I've been told kind of two different things. I've been told that the rake or the crawlers are are the Wendigo and that they're one and the same. But somebody else um, that's Native American said that, well, no, that's not true because um, there's actual, there's actually no, there's no detailed description of the Wendigo in, in the Wendigo oral history. Um, it's usually just described as a monster that can become very tall and that eats people, but there's no actual, you know, uh, detailed description. So I, I don't really know, you know, which, which way to go with that. Um, but that's going to be actually an important part of the book because I wanted to find out, you know, the, a lot of these sightings are relatively recent. You know, they, you know, you could trace it back to the 2000s, but prior to that, you don't find a lot. So I wanted to, so I came up with, you know, this idea like, okay, can we go back to mythology and find a correlation between a mythological creature and, you know, in the crawlers? Mm -hmm. So that's what I did, and I did find um, some mythological beings that that are very close to this description. Um, one of them is, of course, the Wendigo. Um, whether or not there's a detailed description or not, I you know I I, I don't know. I'm going to have to do more research on that. But but yeah, from from what we know, from like what us non-Native American people know of. The Wendigo, yeah, the description is is very similar. Um, also, in ancient um, Japan, they had a being called the, and I'm gonna butcher this name, <laughs> but the Jikiniki, or Jikinik, yeah, the Jikiniki. Again, I'm I'm probably butchering it, yeah. but that's that's what I that's what it looks like. It's um, pronounced as, um, and it's described as. A, a creature that somebody that died and they were very greedy in life and they became this, this wandering ghost that feeds on corpses. So, and then in Celtic mythology, there's a creature called, uh, again, I'm, I'm probably butchering this, but it's called a dra dra dragur. I believe it's uh, spelled D-R-A-U-G-R. So, Dragur, I, I, I believe. Um, but it's also a... The Dragur is, is a pale creature um, that, that feasts on corpses as well. But you know, there's there's variations with all these similar creatures. Like for example, the Drakur is, you know, they they will go into battle, whereas I did not come across that in the Chikiniki, you know, but the Drakur will like, you know, go into battle and it seems to have some sort of uh, some level of intelligence, whereas 
you know, the crawler doesn't really seem to have that kind of level of intelligence or those communication skills. Um, at, at least I haven't come across that much yet. So, um, and there's a couple other creatures, you know, around the world that are similar to this. So, yeah, I'm going to be uh, getting into that in the book, and uh, that's what I'll be talking about in the presentation. Cool. Now, I have a question. Is uh, you, you said you talked to two different Native Americans that uh, said that one was uh, similar and one wasn't. Did they happen to be the same uh, um, God, tribe, nationality, whatever, you know, the, the same? Yeah, yeah. I, I call it tribe, too. I, yeah. I don't know if that's, poli I don't know yeah, if that's I don't, politically I'm correct. I'm never politically but... correct, but yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so I should say that this these are... Uh, secondhand sources okay. um, because it's it's really hard to try to get that kind of information from Native American community mm -hmm. um, and I've been told I've basically been told if you're not willing to uh, you know put aside some years into gaining trust then it's not even worth it so yeah, I, I hear that a lot yeah 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 exactly so these are secondhand sources, but um, but from my understanding is yes, they they were they were different tribes okay. that told me two different things. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm wondering if that has something to do with it too. You know, only certain right. um, certain groups have those mythologies and stuff, and then the other ones don't. So I can't remember um, the person that I talked to. I know that they told me what. Um, I, I, I can't think of what you would call it, but I, I can't remember what they said yeah. that they were. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely interesting. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's interesting and, and it's a little frustrating because, yes. you know, it's like, I, you know, well, you're in the paranormal too. You got, you both are in the paranormal and, you know, you want answers, you know, and that's, it's easier said, you know it's easier said than done finding answers in the paranormal mm -hmm. but especially when you're writing a book you know you you want to have a solid conclusion but of course you know i'm not you know you're never going to get that in the world of paranormal until you have something in you know that you can dissect on a table so yeah, yeah. exactly so cool well that's that's very interesting i am familiar with some like obviously um, with the rake and that, obviously, you know, with the whole, you know, I had to talk to already people about it and that, but I, I haven't had any experiences. The person that, um, I did talk to, um, I want to say that they had an experience up here in Wisconsin and they saw one. And if I'm not mistaken, it was kind of, um, between Fond du Lac and Sheboygan area right along okay. that area uh they grew up there and they live there and i mean i off air and stuff i can i can tell you a little bit more about it if you're interested obviously if you're working on a book and i can try and get yeah. you in contact but um but yeah definitely i i do know that they had one and then there was um if you're you're talking like the the uh windago uh aspect and stuff we just had an encounter uh it was like two years ago now in manitowoc there was a report up here but oh, wow. So we were going to go check it out, and, and our, our team never ended up getting out over there. But that was on, um, I think, the Singular Fordian Society posted that one with Tobias. You, you know the individual? The one 
the the Native American I do. Oh, okay. Yeah, not the one that saw it in Mantuak. Um, this, oh, okay. This would have okay. been um, the one that I spoke with um, had an experience uh, when they were growing up at their, uh, I think it's their grandmother's house, is right in that area um, between Fond du Lac and Sheboygan along that stretch. And uh, they were out in the woods playing, and uh, this thing came out from behind the tree. Um, I, I, I can't remember offhand the, the whole story. I, I, I wanted to talk to him more about sure. it, but um, uh, yeah. I haven't talked to him recently. But I, I do remember, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the details, um, just a white, pale humanoid and stuff. But they also, being Native American and that, they weren't really apt to talk about it because of the whole... Uh, their culture believed that it was the the Wendigo, and they didn't want to talk about that. So, right, yeah, but. yeah. I'd be I'd be very curious to to know if it was if the crawler and the Wendigo were the same because, um, I mean, you made a good point, and I think a lot of people don't know this, but when you said that, you know, our our depictions of the Wendigo with the horns is not. You know, it, it, that's a relatively new mm-hmm. um, depiction or portrayal of the Wendigo. That's that's not how they are. But you know, I yeah, I don't know. I I need a I need to do more research. <laughs> well, you better but, get on that if you're writing a book, man. <laughs> no, I know. Believe, oh, believe me, I'm not done with all my research. Like I'm still putting pieces together, and I I keep saying I keep saying that I'm going to be done soon, but. Then something new comes up, and I'm like, then I'm thinking in my head, okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna be done soon, <laughs> you know. So I think that's uh, I can't remember the the famous quote, but it's you know you you only stop learning when you die, you know, and yeah. and and I don't even know if that's true. I mean, because we don't know what happens after death, so maybe you don't stop yeah. learning then either. But uh, you know, you you never stop. You know, you're you're you could write a book and think that you're done and then tomorrow you find this new piece of information and now you're writing a sequel to the book that you just wrote and you're starting all over again. Yeah. So Oh, I'm I'm sure. Like like some uh, there was an author that uh told me once the book comes out and if it gets any sort of attention, people are going to be contacting you about their own sighting mm-hmm. and you're just going to have to create another edition or another book. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. There you go. So. Well, I wish you luck on that. That sounds that sounds great. It sounds like you've already done a lot of a uh, lot more work on the the rake and the crawlers than I have. I mean, I've, I've dabbled in it, but yeah. uh, for the most part, what we do is we go after like recent stuff. So if somebody hasn't seen something yesterday, you know, I, I don't do much of uh, investigating into it because there's nothing to do. You know, yeah. I, I I read books obviously and stuff, but you know, yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Uh, I mean, that's, that's great. Uh, so I wanted to go back and we were talking about the, the resurrection cemetery in Mary. And as you were talking about that, I, uh, you, you, you basically told the same, um, uh, I'm at a lot, I'm, I'm still thinking about the rake here. <laughs> um, it gets to you. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be thinking about that for a while now. Um, you told the story of, uh, what do you call it? Urban legend. There we go. Um, of the girl that you meet and, uh, um, you know, every, every urban legend seems to kind of be the same. You have the hitchhiking ghosts, you have the right. homecoming yeah. ghosts 
and that. So I, I was interested. I, I wrote a note down here about that when you were talking about that to, to come back to it and get your opinion on what do you think, what do you think of those urban legends? Because, um, for example, your Resurrection Mary, um, that same exact story is told all over the United States. Yeah. Um, with different names, different locations, etc. But the the basic story: guy driving down the road, typically alone, picks up this hitchhiking girl. Uh, she gets in the back seat and then disappears halfway through the destination. You know, or maybe the car drives off the road and they die or something, or you know, something happens. Um, so when we set out, we did a whole episode on urban legends. We actually did um, two hitchhiking ghosts. And, uh, like, The Bloody Bride, basically, the hitchhiking ghost of that and that. And um, I guess, what is your take on that? Do you think that these are, like, um, are they the same entity that people are... Like, okay, so we were talking about how the rake and the crawler is the same, and they're seen all over the world in that. Do you think that that these entities are the, like... A, a species and that's why they're seen everywhere they have these things or do you think it's just the same story that's migrated everywhere you know so i've thought a lot about that um there is a um there's this how do you call it i don't know if you call it an essay or pa- there was a paper a paper that was done in 19 i believe it's 1942 and it was uh written by two sociologists and they explore the hitchhiking ghost um, urban legend. And the story that they focus on is one that takes place in California at this one, this one specific intersection. So I'm reading this paper, right? This paper from 1942. And it is the, it is the same exact story of Resurrection Mary, you know? And what's interesting is that for Resurrection Mary, one of the um, one of the people who supposedly picked her up was a man by by the name of Jerry Palis. And I believe it was in the eighties, if I'm if I'm correct, he picked her up. Seventies um, or eighties, he he picked her up. And um, I've seen the story on of missions. I think it was like eighty. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, that he picked her up. So if if these stories, you know I if these stories are not true, then then was Jerry Palis was he lying about it? I mean he was in Unsolved Mysteries. Um, he told the story over and over again and he kept to the same he kept to the same story or you know was he just so uh, indoctrinated by the urban legend that he thought that it happened to him, or he just thinking uh, everybody. You know, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what what all these entities are. Um, one of the theories that I was thinking of was the idea that they are these environmental you know, spirits. Um, spirits of spirits of the road, perhaps. Um, there's a very similar story in in Hawaii, uh, a hitchhiking ghost story. 
Well, it's interesting because in Hawaii, uh, the hitchhiking ghost is actually the goddess uh, Pali. Okay. Uh, so that kind of made me think, like, are they are they spirits or are they divine entities that are manifesting, taking the form of deceased people? Is that how they? Is that how they're able to manifest using the residual energy of people who have died? Um, or maybe it's not them taking on the energy of people who have died. They're just manifesting as, you know, as themselves. Um, I, I'm really not sure, to be honest. Like, it's one of those questions that's like, it's, I, I do think about it a lot. Um, it's interesting that a lot of times, you know, the hitchhiking ghost doesn't doesn't take place within uh, an urban environment or within the city. You know, it's usually in you know the back roads. So that that kind of made me think about like, is this like environmental uh, spirits? You know, a uh, a a spirit of the road or a spirit of the forest? You know, I'm not sure. You know. Kind of like something of the, what, of the what, what fae. Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, you have you have a um, lot of the the fae uh, mythology and stuff of being led into the woods or you know uh, calling your name and stuff like that. So that that kind of plays into you know the the ride. But then then you would think that these the hitchhiking ghost or whatever would lead someone to something, you know, or or try right. and trap them. And then that doesn't seem to be the the MO of these entities. They just want you to take them somewhere and then they disappear. You know, they they're not well, we don't know if they're killing people or not because obviously those people aren't living to tell the story of, you know, how they died. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um you know, it's it's similar to, uh, you know, uh, there's a there's always a ghost story of a woman in white, right? <laughs> so, and you see that all over the world. So, why are they manifesting in in that color in in white? Um, is it because that's just, you know, that's the energy that they're able to pull? You know, that it's, you know, I, I'm not explaining this very well, but um. It's interesting that you brought that up. The woman in white actually, um, well, for, for that sake, um, white is like energy or light. So it's possible it has something to do with that too. But there is uh, a fae story, and I can't remember her name, but the woman in white is a fae entity who is known to travel the woods with a large bipedal hairy entity, similar to Bigfoot, and Candela dancers which are glowing orbs of light, which also are associated with uh, the Bigfoot phenomenon and fairies and stuff like that. Um, and it's actually interesting that when you look into some of the Bigfoot reports and that, a lot of the people like um, Ape Canyon and stuff like that, they have reported seeing this woman in white who led them to these uh, prospecting areas. Like, you know? I got a question about that part of you, though. Know. Sure. Would that, would that go along with the same thing with eye shine if pertaining to Bigfoot, or is that something totally different? 
No, I would think that's totally different. Okay. Wait, so, there, so there's a there's a story of a woman in white with a tall, hairy beast, you said? Correct, yes. Where, where does that take place? Usually in the woods. It is it is a fairy tale. It is of the, the fairy... I, 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 I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. I know she has a oh, name okay. or, or something associated with her. But she travels through the wood with a large, uh, basically Bigfoot, and these glowing orbs of light. That's really interesting. I, I, I haven't mm-hmm. heard that. I, I it's one of my That's... favorite stories, and I, I wish I, I need to look it up again and uh, and and you know get more details on it and stuff. But but that well, one has always stuck with me. Um, I found it one time, and I was like, wait a minute, this is this is really interesting, and yeah. Well, I mean, it goes into that whole interconnectedness of, you know, these various aspects of the paranormal. Um, You know, there's a lot of reports of people seeing a UFO and then shortly afterwards seeing Bigfoot or Sasquatch, right? Um, And there's a lot of, uh, there's some reports where there's, you know, poltergeist activity taking place in a home followed by UFO sightings. You know, John John A. Keel, who wrote the Mothman Prophecies, he wrote about this in the Mothman Prophecies, um, where he said that there were whole uh, blocks where residents were experiencing poltergeist activity, and there was a UFO flap taking place at the same time. That's also interesting because a lot of uh, Bigfoot uh, witnesses go home and experience poltergeist activity after their encounter with Bigfoot. Yeah, see, you know, it's, I don't know, that, 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 John Keel called it high strangeness. Um, And I like that term. High strangeness Mm -hmm. is when various aspects of the paranormal kind of come together, or at least two aspects of the paranormal come together. Um, And you have high strangeness. Uh, that's that's a part of the um, paranormal phenomena that I'm really interested in um, because it speaks to something deeper. It speaks to this um, this connectedness between uh, these various strands. And as you know, in um, with the Fae or with uh, you know, fairy sightings and fairy culture, they're very similar to you know, UFO sightings and UFO abductions and uh, even even ghostly phenomena, you know. So in terms of, you know, missing time and um, being taken away and things of that nature, you know. Mm-hmm. So. You do, you know, we talk about a lot about the similarities and stuff and a lot of this stuff is or possibly could be connected, you know, like we just pointed out with the, you know, the poltergeist activity traveling through three different... Um, aspects of the paranormal there but then you do have you know and 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 then you could start to argue that well maybe these are all the same thing but you do have a lot of things that are fey ufo and bigfoot that do not overlap right yeah and and that's where it starts to get interesting well maybe they're all connected but you know you don't you don't you don't have like fairy encounters or wherever where the fairy come down in a spaceship you know right you yeah. you have these and even if you look at like the you know well if a ufo comes down and you see the the big light the portal where they you know the the door opens and they walk out or whatever 
you still see the spaceship, you know, and and you have these fairy encounters where this portal opens and a, a fairy creature comes out, but there's no spaceship there, you know, so you have right. very similar encounters and and then you could make an argument that these people are um, like, let's say, let's say I believed in Bigfoot, but not UFOs and you believe in in fairies, but not UFOs. That's that's not going to say, you know, people would argue that 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 means that if, if you believe in a UFO, you're going to see this encounter as a UFO and not a fairy or a Bigfoot. But these people that are experiencing these sometimes don't believe in any of this stuff until after they've had the experience. They think you're crazy if you try and talk to them about it. Yeah. People are more skeptical before you become believer. Yeah. Right. Oh, God. You know, I'm wondering if it depends on people's, you know, I'm I'm wondering if the phenomena changes based on people's perceptions of their environments, or maybe there's something psychological happening in, oh, how do I explain this? Um, You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's, uh, for example, um, people, I've noticed that a lot of psychics that, that are, a lot of psychics that, I'm sorry, Barnaby, I'm explaining this horribly. I'm, I'm trying to. <laughs> it's all right. We're all human here, I think. <laughs> because it's so complex. You oh, know, yeah. I, I write about this. I write about this a lot, but to to vocalize it is it's not it's not easy um see this is what i love about talking about stuff like this because if it was easy like i i don't want to talk about like the weather with people i don't want to talk about you know what you did today what you had for lunch when you can deep dive into a phenomenon and uh just the the thought process behind it and try and understand what's actually going on those are the conversations that interest me and and when you get that deep it's hard to put into words. Uh, a very good example of this is uh, the old adage, you know, a fish doesn't know he's wet. So yeah. if you're yeah. out in the ocean, the fish looks up at the sky and he doesn't even know the rest of this world exists. Right. A fish has never seen a dog, has never seen a bird. You know, they're living in their own world. And... yeah. And for a fish to try and explain what a bird is, there's no way. They don't even know that they don't know what else is out there. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I think another good example is um, a couple of months ago, I was in a ghost investigation, and we were in the basement. It was me, Tony Zabelski, and these two female uh, ghost investigators and so we were kind of talking amongst ourselves and actually the conversation didn't even have to do with the paranormal we were just kind of talking and I heard a whistle somebody whistling and it was a four four note whistle and then we just kind of stopped and one of the girls says what was that and I said, you heard that, right? And she goes, yeah. And then the other lady, she goes, yeah, what was that? But it's interesting. Tony did not hear anything. 
Um, so I went out into the hall where, where it sounded like the whistle was coming from. And I said, hello, hello. And, you know, they followed me and there's, there's nobody there, obviously. But what's interesting is that three of us distinctly heard a whistle, but one of us didn't. So that's why I say you know, the, it depends on, I wonder if the phenomena depends on your psychology, um, where you are at psychologically, um, you know, psychically, uh, you know, all that plays plays a role. And I think I do think that the paranormal phenomena in general, a lot of environmental factors, you know, need to be need to be in place for some manifestation, whether it's ghosts or a UFO sighting or a Sasquatch, you know, um, a lot of things need to be in place for that to happen. You know, why do some people who aren't even psychic have a premonition of their loved one dying, but a lot of other people don't have a premonition? You know, it's, I think there are factors that, that need to be in place for that to happen. You know, kind of like when, when lightning strikes, mm-hmm. lightning strikes because there are several environments factors that need to be in place for that lightning to strike I, I think the paranormal it might be you know so similar to that that's my two cents <laughs> we, we actually could be completely wrong yeah oh the, no we, we all could uh, but that's it's fun to fun to uh, hypothesize uh, yeah with your story there, we actually had a similar instance um, at uh, Bean Snappers. We do the tours there, and uh, one of the investigations we had, uh, we've caught EVPs of voices there that we didn't hear when we were there. On the other side of that, uh, myself, Ethan, and uh, Ma were there, and we heard a woman's voice, clear as day, talking. Didn't hear what it said, but you could hear her talking. None of our audio equipment, none of our video equipment captured it. Oh, wow. So yeah. it's, it's kind of that's, the same as what you had just said. Yeah. It's like, now why is that? All three of us, and my right. mom, my mom is very skeptical too. She won't, she, she doesn't like snappers. She doesn't believe that it's haunted for the most part. I mean, she's, we've all had experiences there, but she's, she's yeah. pretty skeptical. And Ethan, Ethan is our skeptic to begin with. So if he admits yeah. that something happened, it did. And, and on video, you can all watch us react. We all turn and look down, you know, the, the hallway and we're like, did you hear that? Yeah. What did you yeah. hear? Well, I heard a woman's voice. I heard a woman's voice. We had a camera in the, the hallway. Didn't record it. Wow. Yeah. It's like yeah. When, when we did our episode to test with me, you can was skeptical about that part of it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things, you know. It like just like that's a good example of what you just said, you know. Um, it, it really makes you think, like, okay, how how is this phenomenon happening? Like, what is the nature of it, you know? Um, if things could, ha- you know, I, I think we might, if 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 it ever happens, 
I think we might find the answer in quantum physics. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that, um, you probably already know, but the reason why I say that is because in quantum physics, um, things are always in flux. Uh, a particle could either be a wave or what's the other one? A wave or something else. Yeah. Like two <laughs> options. And like it depends on, uh, it depends on if you look at it or not, it, it'll be that or it'll be something else. But basically the premise is that, you know, it's always uh, changing and your perception of it literally changes it. So I'm, I'm wondering if that's, there's a connection to the paranormal there. So that's, uh, what is it, Heisenberg theory that whatever you study, you inherently change as well? Oh, so, that's interesting. So if you're observing a phenomenon, like if you, you, you study something, you're changing the thing by observing it, you know? Um, yeah. I can't remember. I think it's, Heis, Heis, no, Heisenberg's the uncertainty principle. I can't, I can't remember what that is, but it's. No, Heisenberg is from Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that's a different one then, yeah. Um, but what do you think about the fact of like a lot of people like with the meditation and the monks and stuff think that, um, by meditating and getting yourself in a certain harmonic frequency, your, your body can resonate. Do you think that yeah. that might have something to do with, uh, with your experience with Tony and the girls that, um, you know, you guys were more in tune, uh, frequency wise with the things that were going on around you, uh, than he was. Yeah, but I mean, that would be, why would that be if a lot of times I'm the one that doesn't experience things, you know, I would want to know why at that, why at that point during that night, I was able to experience something, but at the other nights, I'm usually the one that's like, no, I didn't, I didn't see anything, you know? Did you, so, did you have any audio running at the time? Yeah, so here's the thing. There, there was a, and when you, when you hear it played, it's it's sound. You could kind of hear something, but it's distant, and you it do, doesn't sound like the four note whistle that we heard very audibly. It sounds more like um. It sounds like a something, a something that that's in the distance but not exactly what we heard so i don't know when i first heard it i did get a little excited though because i was like okay well it picked up on something mm -hmm. but you know then i was like darn I, I wish it you know it sounded just like the four note whistle that we heard you know so now you, you guys were obviously inside when this happened yeah you said you're in a hallway or walked out to the hallway. yeah we uh, well we were we were in a uh so we were investigating, actually, the, the church that we're going to investigate this Saturday. Um, we, we were there. Um, it was a former former funeral home okay. that, that's now a psychic church. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we were, ex <laughs> we, were ex we were exploring the basement, and that's where we were just kind of sitting around talking. And we heard the whistle come from the hallway that's connected to, to the basement because... 
it was like the back part of the basement. Then you go down a corridor to in order to get back upstairs. So, yeah, yeah. interesting. So you you uh, you're writing a book. Have you wrote other books already or no? Well, I've written papers. Okay. Uh, I was published in a magazine called Sick Muse Magazine. It's a local Chicago um, art paper. And I wrote about, you know, it's kind of like metaphysical experiences uh, in the area that I was living in at the time. And then um, I submitted some paper, I submitted a paper to uh, the Athens, Ohio uh, newspaper. Um, I interviewed a, a lieutenant who, that, who, had, who interviewed these two individuals that saw a humanoid creature by the water when they were fishing um, in the wee hours of the morning. Um, but yeah, I really want to, <laughs> I really want to get this, get this book done because I've been working on it for quite a while now, and it's about time I, I get it, I get it done. I'm gonna go the uh, self-published route um, because I just feel like that, that'll be easier, you know. So. I, I feel for you, man. I have a book that's about half finished, and I was hoping to have it done by January, and it's, it's, it's about half done now too. So, <laughs> yeah. What are you working on? Uh it's it's uh, cryptids and anomalies in the paranormal society, volume one. So there's there's three sections to the book, and it's the first chapter is all about cryptids and then paranormal experiences. It's like the research that we've done, just more in depth of uh, the stories and stuff of of what we've worked on in the cases and that. So. So the whole book is uh, like uh, your group's experiences. Mm -hmm. Some stories, oh, that's really cool. Some stories of stuff that we we haven't published, like because they're they're just a story, like uh, experiences yeah. that people have come to us and told, and that you know obviously we change names and stuff like that, but you know stuff that you know we can't really do anything with because we can't right. go investigate it or whatever. But it's just stuff stuff that we have in our archives and stuff that we we haven't been able to share. So I've been working on that for a while. <laughs> But yeah, it's okay. it's it's still sitting there. So, but uh, yeah, I have a lot of stories too that um that you can't really do much with, you know. So you just kind of have to collect the story, and you know maybe somewhere in the future you'll find, you know, you know there's this that and it'll connect to this that and you know what I'm saying. So that's definitely like I know a lot of people think that like just the stories and stuff are you know if you can't. If you can't go get evidence, it's not worth it. But the thing is, is the more people you talk to, it's interesting that this story matches this story. Yeah. And exactly. while now you're starting to connect these dots that you didn't know, but this this really obscure fact, you know, like I was talking about the lady in the white with Bigfoot, you know, these people that see these orbs or the lady in the white and then they see Bigfoot, you know, you don't know those things unless you actually ask those questions and you get that information. And until you've heard this weird outlandish story, you know, I always say when when we're going out to investigate something and somebody says, you know, like, like I, I firmly believe in Bigfoot. I've, I've been around them. I've experienced them. I, I know that they exist. And when somebody comes up to me and says, like, like you, for instance, like if you told me that that you saw one of these rakes or the crawlers, you know, yeah. I can't tell you that 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 you're full of crap 
You know, I can't tell you that mermaids don't exist or fairies don't exist or anything because how can I tell you that I believe in Bigfoot and I've seen one, but what you said doesn't exist? You you have right. to you have to look at the entire spectrum of this stuff with an open mind. And that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And when when you do that, it, it opens it up to you know, learning more about these different phenomenon and and finding those connections because you're you're open up to it. So. Yeah, so there's this movie called The Sense and the creatures in this horror movie that came out in twenty oh five, the creatures are basically the same description as the rake or as crawlers. So you know, so what does that mean? And, and a lot of the sightings, you know, like I said, a lot of the sightings come from that time period of around 2005. But there were there were sightings prior to 2005. So, and a lot of the people I interviewed, they don't, they weren't even familiar with the movie. Some of them were, um, but like the afterthought, like, yeah, you know, I I think I saw that movie when it came out, um, and some of them had no idea about the movie like what you know what what is that you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like did art bleed into reality and if so how did sightings occur before the movie came out you know so i don't know yeah. hmm. um that's that's interesting you you've heard of a tulpa right yeah yeah. Okay, we've we've talked on a, on the podcast about tulpas before and stuff, and that's that's kind of uh, I was thinking about that way back when you were talking about the the rake coming from uh, or not coming from, but uh, with the whole creepy pasta aspect and that you know, yeah, kind of like the Slender Man stuff that now supposedly people are seeing the Slender Man. Well, I don't know, is this thing like been created because of of thought because of a tulpa or what? But um. That's really interesting. You know, your art art portrays reality and stuff. Uh, we just had a podcast um, a, a couple weeks ago where we were talking about uh, John Ramirez. Are you familiar with him? He was a, a CIA operative, and uh, he just came forward. He's a like the the newest whistleblower or whatever from the CIA. He came out in December, and I I believe I I, I forgot to go back and look this up. I I think it was either him or. Um, I can never think of the other guy's name. Um, uh, Lou Elizondo. It was one of those two guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was talking about how there's a, a section of the the military or the CIA or whatever that feeds the movie industry uh, like plots to find out how humanity would react to these things. Oh wow! Like disclosure and stuff, and I, I I tried to play that clip on um, on the podcast that that we were talking about it on, um, but I, I I couldn't find it, which leads me to think that it wasn't uh, Richard Ramirez. I think it was um, Lou Elizondo that I had, I had heard speak about that. So, but that that goes back okay. to your whole point: does does art imitate life, or you know where did this come from? So, yeah, yeah, it's. Um... I think there's something to be said with that because a lot of a lot of paranormal phenomena you know can be traced back to mythology or to fairy tales you know 
I mean, looking now, I mean, you're in Wisconsin and there's a lot of dogman sightings, mm -hmm. right, in Wisconsin. A lot of dogman werewolf sightings in Wisconsin. And, you know, the vast majority of people, when they think of, you know, a werewolf, you know, they're thinking, they're thinking fairy tales, you know? It's like, surely, surely nobody could be seeing a, a, a werewolf, but, mm -hmm. you know, uh, allegedly their people are. So, I don't know. All right, we're going to leave it right here. Um, first of all, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, we are going to see you this sure. Sunday, March 6th. In, uh, you tell everybody where you're going to see us again. Yeah, it's going to be the Chicago Paranormal Conference. It'll be Sunday, March 6th um, from noon till 6 p.m. Uh, I hope you guys can make it. Uh, Barnaby is going to be a speaker. Uh, we're going to have a couple other speakers. There's going to be a raffle. There's going to be food. There's going to be uh, several vendors, and uh, please come. <laughs> <laughs> Free admission too. That's that's Free definitely admission. a big there plus. You go. Yeah. Um, yes. Otherwise, you, you were talked about earlier, either off the air or something, that um, you you do tours as well, and your own like investigations yeah. and stuff. Uh, if somebody wanted to go on a tour with you, where can they find information on that? Well, uh, you can find me on Facebook at uh, Jack Chavez. And you could, um, yeah, just message me on there, uh, Jack Chavez. And I actually run a, a Facebook group called Paranormal Chicago. It's, you know, relatively popular. Um, there's a lot of people joining all the time. Um, I post articles on there. Um, I post uh, events that I'm going to do, whether they're presentations or a tour I'm going to do or a ghost investigation I'm going to conduct. Um, and all these, you know, I, I usually open to the public, so you could find me on there. Awesome. So I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I link that in the show notes for Paranormal Chicago on Facebook and uh, yourself, Jack Chavez. Um, so we look forward to seeing you this weekend, and uh, yep. I hope that it goes well for you, and we hope that all of our listeners and everything come out and check you out and uh, check out all the other great speakers. And until next time, I'm Barnaby. I'm Derek. Thanks, guys. <laughs> we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Whispers from the Dark. To find out more about cryptids, anomalies, and the paranormal society, visit us at our website at wisconsincaps.com. That's wisconsincaps.com. There you can find links to all of our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and our Patreon. You will see links to our online store as well, where you can get t-shirts, DVDs, and more. If you click on the public events page, you can find out where you can meet us in person and all the public events we have coming up. If you enjoy our podcast or our YouTube shows, please consider becoming a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash wisconsincaps. There you can find behind-the-scenes pictures and videos from all of our media, as well as bonus footage and evidence that we have collected. If you have encountered something you can't explain, we want to hear from you. Visit our website and click on Submit a Report on our main screen. You can choose to leave your contact information or simply remain anonymous. You can also reach us via email at wisconsincaps at gmail.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show, please contact us on our Whispers from the Dark podcast page on Facebook. 
or send us an email at wisconsincaps.com. Remember to like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen or watch or find us. Whew, that was quite the investigation tonight, Ethan. Yep, sure was. Oh, hey, hey it's still early. You got to get home? Nope. What do you uh, what do you say we stop out at the Bean Snappers Gentlemen's Club for a little while? Yeah, I'm not arguing or insulting you, so what do you think? Well, that's a change for one. <laughs> Doors open, I'm walking through it. <laughs> hey Keg, how's it going? Good, how are you guys doing? I'll go through the spiel even though you've been here before. Welcome to Bean Snappers. We're open Wednesday through Saturday, five to bar close. It's ten dollars to get in, it's two drink minimum. No touching the girls. There's ghosts here again, so thanks for being here. <laughs> Support the performing arts at Bean Snappers Gentlemen's Club, Mackville, Wisconsin, Highway 47. All naked, all the time.